I'm Jessica Harris. This is From Scratch. My guest is Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit, an online service that allows users to outsource small tasks to individuals known as TaskRabbits. These TaskRabbits are freelance workers who have been background checked, and they perform small jobs ranging from grocery shopping to furniture assembly. Leah started the company in 2008, and the service is available in major cities, including Boston, Seattle, and San Francisco. Leah is a software engineer who formerly worked at IBM. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. Before we get started on the history of the company, I'd love to know in more detail how TaskRabbit works. Let's say I need my computer repaired. So it's really simple. Anyone can go online or pick up their iPhone and use our iPhone app, uh, Android as well, and you post that you need help with some computer repair. You can either name the price you're willing to pay, or you can put that job out to bid. At that time, the task rabbits in our network are real-time alerted, typically via their mobile phones as well. They log on to the site and get connected and help you out. The ages of these task rabbits range from, you know, 20 years old to close to 80 years old. Uh, what's ex- what's an example of an older task rabbit? You know, it's funny. When I started TaskRabbit back in Boston, I thought, Boston's a great college town. I'm going to get all these students that want to become TaskRabbits running around the city. And that actually was never the case. As an example, over 25% of our TaskRabbit community is part of the retired workforce. I personally had a TaskRabbit named Margaret out of San Francisco pick me up uh, at 2 in the morning uh, from a U2 concert that was in Oakland and drive me back home because I didn't have a car out there and I had gone out with some friends and couldn't get back to, to San Mateo. And it was funny because I was chatting with her on the way home, 2 in the morning, and she said, you know, I don't sleep well. I'm really a night owl. And so being able to pick up jobs like this is perfect for me. Can you provide some more examples of tasks? Uh, You mentioned the U2 concert, this woman picking you up. um, But what is a spectrum of tasks that you've experienced? There's a wide variety of tasks that are posted, uh, but by far the most popular for us are around deliveries. Things like grocery delivery, food delivery, picking up packages, courier-type services around town have been hugely popular. The other thing for um, our small and medium-sized business customers, it's our fastest-growing segment right now. They're utilizing TaskRabbit to find assistants and office managers. What about on the more personal front? So one of my favorite stories has to do with a mother located in San Francisco who has a 20-year-old son living in Boston. And unfortunately, her son was going through chemotherapy treatment at Mass General Hospital, and she couldn't fly out there to be with him at the time. So she went on the TaskRabbit website, posted a task to find someone in Boston to go visit her son every day in the hospital for a week, to bring him a healthy meal and a cozy blanket, and to sit with him for 30 minutes every single day, and then call her afterwards uh, to give her the update. And the TaskRabbit that picked up the job in Boston was actually another mom. So the bond that these two moms formed across the country was just incredible and really proves that what we've built goes far beyond just task jobs and errands. It's really redefining who your neighbors are and who you can rely on. Even though many of the jobs take place in one's neighborhood, uh, they, they can be done virtually or from one city to another. Yeah. 
I have to admit, I've used it once. My husband and I were looking for an older dog, and we um, posted the task on TaskRabbit, and we ended up working with this lawyer who was in between jobs. Particularly, you know, in the early days, I was um, I was surprised by uh, the folks that uh, were in between work. I had lawyers, I had pharmacists, I had teachers that were coming to the TaskRabbit platform. Um, and that actually has held true even as the economy has improved. Could you provide some more examples of even, you know, quirky tasks that you've seen? People get really creative. We had someone post that they wanted help pranking their office mate. Um, so they had the TaskRabbit wrap this person's desk and chairs and, and, and uh, pens and pencils, everything in cellophane. Um, what, we, where was that? What, what city? <laughs> this was in Boston. There was another one more recently in San Francisco where I don't know why, but this person had one of those rubber chickens that sort of hang, you know, and they wanted a tuxedo made <laughs> for the, the rubber chicken. You do background checks on your freelance workers who become your task rabbits, uh, and you place their photo on the site so uh, users can choose based on many criteria, including, you know, maybe does this person look friendly and does this person look trustworthy? How important do you think the photos were in, in those choices? Incredibly important. I mean, people look at these profiles and they think, would I want to let this person into my grandmother's house? And we hear that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so it does make a huge difference. And uh, we're even now allowing TaskRabbits to upload introductory videos about themselves to their profiles just to make it more interactive and more engaging. And it just helps with that, that trust level. How much do you monitor uh, the tasks that are posted? You know, some people might post uh, illicit uh, tasks. So a couple of things. One is that... We're a self-policing community, meaning anyone can flag a task as inappropriate, and that happens sometimes. We recently saw a task get flagged as inappropriate because someone had posted they wanted a task rabbit to complete their online driving school. Hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, the other thing that provides a barrier for people is that we do ask for credit card information up front. We don't charge Uh, for your task until it's actually completed and done. Um, But it does provide a little bit of a barrier for people that are just looking to kind of spam the site or, or get away with something that's more fraudulent. I'm Jessica Harris. You're listening to From Scratch. My guest is Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit, a website and mobile app that allows users to outsource small tasks to individuals known as TaskRabbits. Prior to launching TaskRabbit, you were a software engineer at IBM, and your interest in computer science stems back to high school, Mm -hmm. uh, where your boyfriend introduced you to computers, your boyfriend, now your husband, Kevin Buskey. Can you describe your first exposure with him to computers? So Kevin and I uh, are high school sweethearts. We started dating in high school. We went to both junior and senior prom together. But we would spend Friday nights uh, at his house building computers. We would go to computer shows on the weekends and pick out motherboards and bus systems and then spend a Friday night, you know, putting them together. And so I immediately became fascinated um, with what was involved in doing that. And that really influenced me later as I went on to college and sort of inspired me um, to take some computer courses. What, what was your first computer in your house? <laughs> it was a gateway. 
um, a gateway. I think it was Gateway 2000 or 3000, one of those. But Kevin was the one that actually went with my family to the gateway store and helped us pick out our first computer. I heard somewhere that, that Kevin built a computer for you. Is that accurate? He did, yes. The computer I, I lugged with me to Sweetbriar College uh, in Virginia is the computer he built for me. And we, we picked out the parts together. He put it together for me, and that was the, that was the computer I used all through college. You grew up uh, in Massachusetts, uh, about an hour west of Boston, and you attended uh, the local high school together. Why did you decide to go to rural Virginia, Sweetbriar College? Great question. Um, (laughs) You know, it's the only school that I applied to outside of New England. It was the only women's college I applied to. I never thought I would end up there. Uh, But my mom and I, we took a road trip one weekend uh, for Accepted Applicants Weekend, and we drove down to Virginia. We uh, drove onto the Sweet Bar campus, and I just immediately fell in love with it. And it was a small school, 600 students. The student-teacher ratio was something like 7 to 1. So you couldn't hide there. How many other women were computer science and math majors? Because you were a dual major. I was a dual major in math and computer science, and it was a small program. Um, I think in my graduating class, there may be five of us that were in that uh, math and or computer science program. Was there one or two pivotal projects that you worked on that really helped you sink your teeth into software engineering that you can remember? Yeah, there was definitely this one project. It was for an operating systems class. And what we built was this little robot that you could move around the screen using the keyboard. The fact that I could code something in this language, this computer language, and I could translate that into a product that people could interact with was really exciting. And it was just this this JPEG of a robot moving around the screen based on keyboard strokes. But I ran back to my dorm room and I showed my roommates what I had built to this little robot. They thought I was crazy, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And for me, that project was just the start of, I have all these ideas in my head and things that I want to build and I can do that. Incidentally, uh, going back to your childhood, what did your parents do? My father recently retired um, from the Air Force. He was a civilian in the Air Force for over 30 years, um, and he worked at Hanscom Air Force Base, one division that he was in for a long time. uh, The Electronic Systems Center uh, dealt with all the training uh, programs across, across Hanscom Air Force Base. You had an interest and have an interest in space. Is that somewhat linked to this Air Force? uh... I think so. It absolutely came from my dad. And I remember ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to become an astronaut. And still to this day, I would love to go to space. You know, my dad had a big influence on on both my sister and I, and we were really into science fiction, and we watched all the Star Treks uh, together every night. And so it's just something that has always fascinated me. You also were very serious about dance growing up. You thought at one point you might want to be a classical ballerina. That's true. And in in fact, I chose the college I went to based on their dance program, Mm. primarily. Uh, A lot of my friends went on to dance in professional ballet companies um, and something that has always been a part of my life. 
After graduating from college, you worked at a small a startup in Boston called Iris Associates. Uh, and Kevin, your then boyfriend, uh, was also in Boston. He was also working in computer programming. Iris ultimately developed uh, Lotus Notes, and the company Iris was sold to Lotus. Can you remind people or explain to people what Lotus Notes did? Lotus Notes uh, is kind of like Microsoft Outlook. Um, Hundreds of thousands of people around the globe uh, still run on Lotus Notes and Domino. It's an incredibly um, stable and robust collaboration platform. And IBM ultimately acquired Iris or Lotus. That's true, yes. Uh, Lotus bought Iris and then IBM bought Lotus and we sort of all got merged into IBM. I'm Jessica Harris. You're listening to From Scratch. My guest is Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit. We'll hear more from Leah coming up. I'm Jessica Harris. This is From Scratch. My guest is Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit, an online service that allows users to outsource small tasks to individuals known as TaskRabbits. Leah started the company in 2008, and the service is available in major cities, including Boston, Seattle, and San Francisco. Leah is a software engineer who formerly worked at IBM. I've heard you mention that you felt a lot of pressure to write very solid code uh, when you were at Iris or uh, at IBM that was free of bugs because you would you would introduce products really on a two-year interval. How much did that inform your programming going forward? Yeah, it was a huge influence. Um, you know, when you're on an 18 to 24-month software life cycle and the code that you check in that day isn't going to be actually seen by customers for a couple years, you really have to make sure that it's solid. Because at the time, you know, we're packaging up CDs, boxing them, and mailing them around the globe. There's no quick fixes. There's no quick patches that you can send out if you've really broken something. And so the culture at Iris was very hardcore uh, into quality. And every morning... I remember there's a, there was this big build room. If you checked in code that broke the build for the day, it was not a good thing. Mm. It was really embarrassing. You'd have to go down to the build room. You'd have to put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> and you'd have to sit there and debug it with the, the release engineers. And so it was a big deal. Nowadays, everything has changed. We at TaskRabbit uh, push code every day, if not multiple times a day. But we definitely have been influenced by the high quality and high standards that um, is just in our DNA. So going back to IBM, how much were you itching to start your own project while you were at IBM? You know, in the early days that I was there, um, I was incredibly happy and saw a long career for myself there. Um, I spent seven years there as a programmer, and I'd say the last couple years I started to kind of pick my head up and look around and think about what else might be out there. So I remember at, um, at IBM every year we had this conference called Lotusphere, and it was the one time a year that they let the, the developers and the engineers go out and talk to customers. 
And I loved interacting with the customers. And for me, that was the most fun part of my job. Hmm. And so I knew I wanted to find something where I could have more interaction externally. Now, your husband was also at IBM for uh, for a while before he left to uh, work at a couple startups in Boston. Did you just both end up at IBM coincidentally? Well, his father also works at IBM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when we graduated from college, me with a computer science degree, Kevin had actually been working as an intern there throughout the whole time. And so um, his father was able to kind of get me in the door, too. And the three of us were there. And then we also met Brian Leonard, who um, is our lead architect at TaskRabbit, when he was at IBM. How ultimately did you decide uh, on TaskRabbit? You know, we had the idea for TaskRabbit one night, uh, my husband and I, when we were sitting at home, we're getting ready to go out to dinner. And we realized that we were out of dog food. And at the time, we had this 100-pound yellow lab named Kobe that we kept very well fed. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice if there was just a place online we could go, say we needed dog food, name the price we're willing to pay. We were certain that there was someone in our neighborhood that'd be willing to help us out. Maybe even someone at the store at that very second. It was just a matter of connecting with them. Four months after that night is when I decided to quit IBM to build the first version of the site. And I thought, I know how to build this. I don't know what comes after that, but I'm just going to go build it and see what happens. Incidentally, when you came up with the idea that night, you quickly acquired the URL runmyerrand.com, which was the precursor name. That is true. And so we took that as a sign, actually, the fact that domain names are never available these days. That was the first domain name I looked up, and it was available, and I bought it on the spot. But 20 minutes later, I hated it, hmm. <laughs> and hmm. I knew that I would have to change the name at some point, and, and we did about 18 months later. Now, you had been at IBM in the stable job where Kevin had gone on to work at a few startups, um, and you were the breadwinner for a couple of years. How did you decide to switch now that you had left and to, to start this company? Yeah, it was a very uh, intense and stressful time, to be honest. We decided that we had about you know, six months in the bank. Um, I cashed out my pension from IBM and used that to fund the initial stages of the company. And so we sort of started the clock. And that was in June of 2008. And we said, you know what, by the end of the year, something has to happen. Six months went by. And I was really close to being able to raise a seed round of funding, but this was the end of 2008 when no one was raising money, no one was writing checks, uh, the stock market had just crashed. It was very stressful. Um, But three months later, it took nine months total, I was able to raise a small seed uh, from two angel investors in Boston that really allowed us to to keep going. How were you introduced to them, uh, given that you had no interaction with the venture community prior? So the way I was introduced to um, Peter Aldrich and Jill Priato, they were the two that um, led a small seed round of investment, $150,000. So Scott Griffith was the one uh, who introduced me to Jill and Peter. Scott, at the time, uh, was the CEO of Zipcar. He and I met through a friend of a friend of a friend, told him about TaskRabbit over a 30-minute meeting in his office, and we just really hit it off. Mm -hmm. He came on as an advisor and as a mentor to me, uh, even incubated 
me and TaskRabbit in his office for the first year that we existed for free. At Zipcar. At Zipcar, yeah. Zipcar, by the way, is the car sharing service where you're in any city, you could rent a Zipcar and drop it off at another location where you end up, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And so Scott really kind of took me under his wing and and, uh, helped me learn about how to pitch investors and how to raise money and, and what I needed to do. And he introduced me to Jill and Peter. And then later that year, I raised the larger seed round. Uh, $1.8 million uh, that came from Sil- from Silicon Valley um, seed investors. What exactly were you building? Were you building the website? I was. So I left IBM in June, basically locked myself in my house for 10 weeks straight, and all I did was code, um, and got the first version of TaskRabbit at the time, Run My Errand, launched in Boston in September of 2008. I had about 100 users. I had about 30 TaskRabbits, and they were interacting on the platform. Were most of these people your friends, or how did you cultivate interest? Yeah, I remember the very first task that was posted by someone I didn't know. It was very exciting, and it was to return a tuxedo that they had rented for a wedding. They paid um, one of my founding TaskRabbits in Boston $10 to do it. And it went off without a hitch. So that that was a neat moment for me to think about. Early on, uh, we launched in just one neighborhood of Boston, Charlestown. And that's where I really focused my marketing efforts and the word of mouth efforts. And launched specifically with the Charlestown Mothers Organization, who um, I had interacted with and who were really excited about trying the service out. Was there a catalyst for you that caused the floodgates to open uh, in terms of user adoption? What was it? You know, once I really engaged with um, the Charlestown Mothers Association, which was 600 moms in one square mile of Boston, but those moms started talking to the moms in Beacon Hill and Back Bay and Cambridge, and it started just to spread very organically via word of mouth. Then I was frantic to recruit more task rabbits all over the city, and it really snowballed from there. Was your programming uh, as solid as your Iris IBM days had trained you to, to be? You know, I had never coded in Ruby on Rails before. I never coded for the web before. What's uh, Ruby on Rails? Ruby on Rails is the programming language um, right. that TaskRabbit is built on. Um, I had always coded in C++ and Java at IBM. And so this was a completely new programming language I had to learn. And um, so there was definitely a lot of trial and error there. And it's funny because 18 months after I built the first version of the site, we ended up throwing away all of my code. And just even a couple months ago, we erased the last line of code Hmm. that I had originally built. And so, you know, those initial iterations were not scalable, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they worked. They got the product out there and they got people using it. There weren't major crashes in the early days or? No, I mean, I mean, I think that's a testament to just my training. That's that site never went down. I'm Jessica Harris. You're listening to From Scratch. My guest is Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit, a website and mobile app that allows users to outsource small tasks to individuals known as TaskRabbits. You've raised over $40 million in venture financing at this point. How much does that help you feel legitimized? What what do you have to say about that? You know, the first two to three years that we existed, we had no money. We were bootstrapped. We were 
dying to get our A round done, dying to get $5 million in the bank. And after we got that A round done, the B round, the C round, all those things came very easily. And so for me, I still operate like we have no money. (laughs) And I think mentally that's a good thing. Um, But it's because I've seen the market be so low and for it to be so hard to raise funds, when I had the opportunity to take on more funds, I took it, Mm -hmm. even though we didn't necessarily need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've just, I've seen how hard it can be. And I want to have the staying power that we're going to need to build a huge business that we have in front of us. And this was after you did this Facebook incubator, um, where you were part of the first Facebook incubator class. Um, I don't know if many people know that Facebook has an incubator. What was that experience like for you? I think back on it, and it was like a startup boot camp. We were one of 25 companies invited to participate. Uh, The majority of the other companies were from the Bay Area already. We were the only ones from the East Coast that were kind of flying back and forth to participate. And at the time, Facebook Connect had just come out, was just launched. And so Facebook saw this as a way to engage with companies that were building interesting things on top of the social graph, on top of their platform, and and how they could cultivate and encourage that. And how much did that experience sort of actualize this concept for you? You you were serious about it from the get-go, so perhaps you didn't need it to actually corroborate what you were doing. You know what it it did, though? It really opened up... um, my eyes and uh, the the networking that was available in Silicon Valley for me because I was from the East Coast. I had never even set foot in California before I did the, F- the Facebook Fund program. And so I remember landing for the first time in San Francisco and I was kind of like, okay, here we go. I don't know what is in store for me. Was there any discussion about uh, Kevin potentially uh, joining you and becoming a co-founder of TaskRabbit, your husband? Yeah, so at the time, we were really bootstrapping our lives. Kevin was the big breadwinner, and we had a mortgage, and we ended up selling the house in Boston so that we could move to San Francisco. And so it wasn't until uh, the company got a little bit bigger and we needed someone full-time to run the servers and do the infrastructure, which is what Kevin's an expert at, um, that he came on board. There are several uh, companies in this space ranging from uh, skill pages, which connects skilled workers with those who want to hire them, uh, to Fiverr, where you pay somebody five bucks to get you a latte, to companies that are helping business owners. Uh, How do you see this landscape evolving? So I think it's a pretty exciting time because... Five years ago, the technology did not exist to do what we're doing today. And that's why we're seeing all of these other companies pop up. The fact that we can leverage social networking and we have real-time location data on mobile and people walk around 24-7 with their smartphones are all reasons why we're able to connect in real time um, to exchange services and to get things done. For TaskRabbit, our vision is to revolutionize the labor force on a global scale. So what does that really mean? It means that we're redefining how people think about work, how they find work. We really want to empower people to do what they love. We have people on the platform that are chefs, that are carpenters, that are handymen. We have people that have left their full-time jobs and are now doing TaskRabbit full-time. What's the most that somebody has made on TaskRabbit? 
We had a task rabbit just last month, actually, cash out $10,000 that they had made that month. They were doing two to three jobs a day. Um, they have a big truck for hauling, um, which is something pretty unique in an urban environment. Um, so their services were, were needed across the city quite frequently. It's been said that you coined this term service networking, uh, which essentially is using the internet to get off the internet. What is service networking? So the idea of service networking really, for me, came out of the evolution of social networking. Which is? So Facebook has become very popular, Twitter as well, and it's really about creating online interactions in a social way. With Everyone has, you know, 5,000 friends now online, and they probably haven't met, you know, two-thirds of them. But for me, service networking was really about utilizing technology to make real connections in the real world to help real people get real things done. I think that that's exactly what we've built with TaskRabbit. The fact that you can go on TaskRabbit, you can see who's in your neighborhood, you can look at their profiles, their ratings, their reviews, their reputation. You can understand why you would trust that person to deliver your groceries or to hang a picture on your wall is something that you didn't have access to as far as information goes before. So some might think it ironic that an online service actually brings you closer to knowing your neighbors uh, than you might have otherwise. You know, a decade ago, there was probably a kid in your neighborhood who you could have wash your car or mow your lawn. But I actually think with the age of the Internet, the Internet ended up siloing us a bit. It made things anonymous. It made things uh, untransparent. And so we're bringing that transparency back. We're bringing that identity back to the Internet in a way that allows people to trust each other again. Dance and computer science seem pretty disparate from each other, but do you see any connective tissue between the two? I do. I mean, I I think um, particularly with ballet, the movement is so specific and so precise And with computer science, with mathematics, with programming, it's the preciseness um, and the discipline around that that makes great programs. All of these things, math and computer science and and dance, um, have all made me into the entrepreneur I am today. And it's definitely this, this sense of discipline that I have around everything that I do that I think has helped get us this far. Um. I've heard you say before that you've always been obsessed with efficiency mm-hmm. also. Uh, and TaskRabbit, the, the goal of TaskRabbit is improving efficiency in one's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's also true. I mean, I remember when I was at Sweetbriar, um, my, my friends would make fun of me because I'd always take a very specific route to my classes. And it was always the straightest route because I would say, well, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. (laughs) But I think that efficiency just has always been a part of my life, has always driven how I think about things, even mundane things about, you know, how I'm going to walk to my next class or where I'm going to walk to get lunch. Um, And so that efficiency piece, I think, is, is a big part of TaskRabbit's DNA as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. My guest has been Leah Buskey, founder of TaskRabbit. Coming up, we'll hear from Fadi Jaber, founder of Sugar Daddies, a cupcake franchise in the Middle East. 
I'm Jessica Harris, and this is From Scratch. 